Hello and welcome to the HIPAA Vault Show, where we discuss all things HIPAA compliance in the cloud. My name is Adam Zenadine. I'm joined as always by the CTO and founder of HIPAA Vault, Gil Vidal's. Hey, Gil. Hey, I'm ready to go today. Yeah, I'm ready too. Last week we talked about API management and HIPAA compliance. Uh, this week we're going to talk about how much healthcare companies should be spending on cybersecurity. Emphasis on the word should be there. Um, so as a brief intro, uh, when it comes to cybersecurity, there's no one-size-fits-all budget, of course, uh, for healthcare businesses. Uh, the amount spent can vary based on factors like organization size, um, the types of data that's being handled, uh, specific cybersecurity risks. But today we're here to discuss at a high level and then dive a little bit deeper the key cost areas uh, every healthcare business should consider. So let's take a closer look. Uh, in terms of high-level overview, uh, I'm, uh, we, we found some research when, uh, on the budgeting, and it, according to HIMSS Analytics, healthcare organizations in the USA uh, typically spend between 4% to 7% of their annual revenue on IT, so 4% to 7% according to uh, HIMSS Analytics. Um, and this percentage, of course, is, is the general IT budget. It includes expenses related to hardware, software, uh, personnel, infrastructure, cybersecurity, and other related services to IT. Uh, and then if we dive deeper into the cybersecurity portion of that, uh, research also from HIMSS shows that a budget of 6%, roughly, of that IT budget is spent on cybersecurity. So if we break down and let's just say a fictitious company that has a revenue of uh, 1 million uh, a year, uh, it's likely spending 60,000 on IT, $60,000 a year. And of that, just under 4,000, 3,600 a year on cybersecurity. Now that is what's actually happening in terms of HIMSS analytics of existing uh, companies. They they researched hundreds of uh, healthcare uh, businesses. Um, maybe, Gil, first of all, if you could comment on that research, is there any surprises there? And then also, we maybe we'll move from what is actually happening to maybe recommendations in terms of what should be the spend and then moving towards what areas that spend is uh, allocated to. Yeah, the, the amount spent is is an important one because the smaller the business usually they have a much tighter budget and it's challenging right to spend on another shiny technological toy that the it guy's asking for but in this day and age the healthcare providers i think need to understand what's at risk so let's say the healthcare provider or the the medical office decides to say well we don't want to pay for so what's happening is that if there is some kind of a breach and there's a, a patient records are leaked out, but the average cost a few years ago is about 250 per year per patient record. Mm -hmm. And that's, you have, to, you have to pay basically for identity management. So you have to, everyone, every patient who had their record compromised, you have to buy them a $250 um, a year plan where they can have this identity theft alerting system that lets them know if someone's using their you know, 
individual and private information out there on the internet. And as you can imagine, if you had, you know, even a thousand records, 1000 records taken and you paid 250, the first year is 250,000 and the next year, another 250, but you're at 500,000 like that, right? You did, you barely had a little breach and boom, you're out of half a million. So you need insurance and you have to consider, I need some IT security tools because I'd rather pay that slowly over time rather than getting hit with a $500,000 bill. So always keep that in mind because sometimes we get too much caught up in the moment. Like, well, I don't want to spend, you know, $3,000, a lot of money. Well, in the context of the potential risk, that 3,000 seems like a pittance, you know, you have to, you have to kind of balance that. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of puts it in perspective. Yeah. My point I, of view. Yeah. I, I, I see, I see your point there. And then also, I guess in the case of a breach, probably, what this research isn't showing is that the legal costs probably are uh, are factored into that if there's if there is right. a breach. Um, yeah, you're right. This is what I described. It's just the identity management tool that you have to subscribe to for each one on behalf of one each one of your patients that have your records stolen. But yeah, you have your attorney fees that can easily mount up. Most attorneys charge between three and four hundred dollars now per hour. So you're looking at least, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars right off the bat. Yeah. So uh, so we mentioned their insurance as being a, a key a key part of cybersecurity. Are there any other um, areas to look out for? Yeah, I think the regulatory compliance and regulatory is a is a good one too. So for medical offices, um, they should have a compliance uh, platform and we like to, we like the compliancy group that's a good one uh, there are others there's high trust compliancy group I don't know if I can't remember a third one but the compliancy group I know that they will help by having a coach a compliancy coach available to to the end user and it's a few thousand dollars a year because you have a company that's an expert in this and they'll make sure that if you get audited that you have all your records in place, all your policies and procedures in place, that you have the training for each employee and you keep logs and they, they will watch that and they'll help you. So once a year you can talk to them on the phone, they'll go through everything. So if you were to get audited, you'd have peace of mind that when the auditor comes in with their little checklist and say, show me the logs of your training for your all your staff. And you're like, oh, what, what training and what log? You, know, you don't even have that, right? Um, that's that looks really bad. So if you have a compliancy group or somebody like that, they will make sure you have all those records. And um, by the way, I know they have a good track record as well. Like they, if you're using their systems, you don't get fined by the the auditor, right? You're going to come away with, hey, you've done a good job. And even if you're deficient, I think this is an important point. Even if you get audited and you don't have a perfect score. The idea is the auditor is going to say, well, you did your due diligence. You were doing, you were working the system. You weren't negligent. You passed, even though you have certain gaps, certain things that you weren't doing properly or completely. That's just notated. And then you get a chance to rectify that. But um, that means you have to have a plan, though. If you have zero plan, then that's when you're really going to be hurting because that's considered negligence. Okay, so that's that's on the uh, documentation uh, framework side of things. 
what about boots on the ground and like the the battlefield that is cybersecurity? Is there any kind of services that can be employed to kind of uh, battle harden or test, you know, the, the, that security posture which you planned on uh, implementing? Right. Well, our, our customers at HIPAAVOL, we have a couple of different types of customers, really three different kinds, but the, the healthcare developers. So we have a lot of customers that are healthcare app developers. They've developed maybe a scheduling program that can be used by an office, or maybe they've developed uh, some add-on to an EMR system or whatever. You can imagine there's a, a million different kinds of apps. Those yeah. kind of clients, they're they're not in a medical office. They're not handling patient information directly. They're selling their app to a hospital or to a medical office, and then they're using that app. So for those kind of customers, it's important that we as their provider for the website and their web data, they want to know that we in the cloud have a really top-notch security team and we have top-notch security tools and all of that. So that's one way to look at it, and we, we can help them with that. But on the other side are customers who are working in medical offices, hospitals, and um, they should be testing using some kind of pen testing, third-party testing once a year to make sure that everything is protected adequately. And inevitably, in those tests, you'll find vulnerabilities. They have to mitigate, they have to document and mitigate those. So, so penetration testing, could you could you elaborate on that a little bit as to what goes into it? Yeah, so so when you have testing, you'll have uh, uh, typically you have some kind of a scan. Let's say let's say you pay for a scan, either your own scan or you pay a company that scans your your website, maybe they scan your office IP if you have a medical office, and they basically report, they come back to you and say, Hey, we found these vulnerabilities, we found these weaknesses. So that's, that's kind of a base level. That's not terribly expensive. Um, the next level after that is to get a pen tester. Pen tester is an actual human being, whereas the scanner is just a machine or a software that scans and you have a report and you have to pay for that. But the pen tester is literally a person. I mean, they, they are experts and they will take the report or create their own report, a scan report, and they'll say, hey, look, I found these weaknesses. And then they try to push through those weaknesses. They literally try to hack through exploiting the weaknesses and maybe reaching in and showing you, hey, I was able to get some of this data. Um, and so they're able to exercise and try out these exploits and then they can really tell you for sure, like, hey, you have, you have something that I could exploit. Uh, that's much, much more expensive because the, that industry of, of the white hat versus black hat, you know, these hacker guys that are hired to do these kind of testing, they charge a lot. So unfortunately, that piece of it is pretty expensive. Um, do you need to do that? Well, it depends on the risk that you're, you're willing to take. If you're a big hospital organization that has, you know, multi-million dollar uh, organization, you probably do want to spend that kind of money. If you're a small medical office, yeah, right. you, you, you may not want to do that. Yeah. So. So let's say the, the healthcare organization uh, has, you know, got the compliance group on board. They've got a framework in place. Uh, they've hired a pen tester to test where they're currently hosting their environment. And the pen testers come back saying, hey, you've got all these holes. And well, what's, what would you recommend um, in terms of, you know, a company that maybe has limited 
um, IT resources themselves to remediate the vulnerabilities, um, what would be a solution there? Well, if, if you get, if you get a, have a report, kind of a bad report card, and you're like, oh my gosh, I have all these problems. Yeah. Um, I, I think one thing I would recommend right off the bat is if, if you get the report and you're scratching your head, this whole IT mumbo jumbo lingo that you're like not even sure, but you have to put red X's all over it, like, oh my gosh, you know, what does this mean and how bad is it? I would really recommend migrating your services to technical services to a platform in the cloud. I would get away from because it, it used to be if you work back 10 years, it used to be people were like, there's no way I'm going to the cloud, it's safer here. Well, that that's that's not flipped. Hmm. By that I mean that it's it's unsafe to have things in your office. It's not nearly as safe and secure as in the cloud. You say, well, how can that be? Well, the cloud and technology has advanced very, very fast. And the security tools available in the cloud are much better than the ones that some medical IT guy is going to be able to handle on his own, one guy or two guys, versus you know people like Google, for example, they hire thousands of PhDs. I mean, you can't compete thousands of PhDs with a couple of tech guys with sneakers on the ground coming into your office. So move move things to the cloud as much as you can. And what do I mean by that? Well, your phone system, your voice over IP, that could be in the cloud. Your texting patients, that's in the cloud. Your document system. That's in the cloud. You could use SharePoint for Microsoft or Google Docs, Workspace. All of that can be pushed to the cloud, pushed to the cloud, pushed to the cloud. Why does that matter? Well, imagine you're shrinking your footprint. Your, your attack surface, your attack surface footprint is shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. So that means the bad boys that are trying to hack in, they don't have much to attack because you don't, maybe you have, maybe you end up with hardly anything in your office at all. You have a fax machine there, and that's that's about it, right? Everything else, even fax, you can, even fax you can put in the cloud. cloud. Yeah. So everything you have, you should really be getting rid of it in your own office. Again, why? Because the technology available for offices, it, this is generally speaking, is is going to be inferior in terms of secure, not performance. You might say, oh, but I like this tool. I have it. Works great. Well, we're not talking about performance. We're talking about security. And by the way, in the cloud, things do perform very well. It's very fast. It's not slow. Uh, your accounting system. In the old days, accounting systems were also sitting at someone's desk. Not anymore. All the accounting systems are in the cloud. So, so virtually everything you think of should be in the cloud. And in that way, I think you'd have a real peace of mind. Um, so that would be one thing I, I think I would focus on right away. Okay. So moving to the cloud and then... So uh, I'm in the cloud. What next? I mean, uh, I'm assuming that it's not it's not secure just by default, right? There's probably certain configurations well, that need to yeah, be Well, yeah, we, we only have so much time on this podcast. But yeah, essentially, once you you want to pick one of the big cloud providers. So who, who are those? Well, there's only the big three, right? There's I guess there's four if you consider Oracle. But the big three are Microsoft, Azure. Then you have those of you that are into you know Outlook. Um, or Office 365, that would be your choice. Then there's AWS, and then there's Google Cloud. So, so I guess the difference is AWS doesn't have their own document platform. By that I mean you can't. They don't. They don't offer email. They don't offer documents and stuff like that. That's just Microsoft and Google. So probably those two would be better if you're a medical office. 
um, then you can get the full suite of products from either one of those, right? If you want to use their website platform, you want to use their documents and uh, encrypted email, you have all of that there. So probably those two would be the first choice. If you're a healthcare app developer, though, you don't have a medical office, then, you know, which platform do you choose? Well, they're all three pretty good, you know. So any one of those three is probably pretty good. We, we at HippoVault, we favor the Google Cloud because we feel they have an edge, an edge with their, their zero uh, trust security platform. We think that's got as an edge. You know, they're, all, they're all pretty good. No, it's fantastic. And yeah, like you said, um, if you would like to dive deeper into uh, more information about how to move to the cloud, um, what needs to be in place in order to move to the cloud, or if you just like some help and expertise uh, and advice, uh, feel free to visit us at hipvault.com and we can assist you there. So, Gil, thanks, thanks for that. Summar just to summarize a little bit, um, when it comes to IT budgets and how much to spend on cybersecurity, while there's no fixed percentage or amount for cybersecurity spending, some industry experts recommend allocating between five to 10% of their overall IT budget to cybersecurity. And this is a percentage is increasing um, as the uh, more, more uh, security vulnerabilities uh, advance in this day and age. However, this figure may vary uh, based on the specific risk profile and the needs of your organization. Uh, ultimately, it's essential to strike a balance um, between the level of risk your business can tolerate and the resources that you have to allocate towards mitigating the risks. Um, and investing in robust cybersecurity measures is crucial to protecting sensitive data, especially HIPAA data, uh, to ensure HIPAA compliance and maintain the trust of your patients and stakeholders. So that's it for this episode. If you have any questions, you can email us at podcast.hipbot.com or tweet us at HIPAA Hosting. Uh, make sure to subscribe and leave us a review if you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, thanks for stopping by.